You're listening to Foresight, a podcast about making work better. I'm your co-host, Mark Edgar, a recovering CHRO who now works as a consultant, facilitator and coach on a mission to make work more human. And I'm Naomi Teitelman, a former big firm consultant and HR executive, now striving to make work better one organization and one leader at a time. Every week, we'll discuss the latest trends that are impacting the new world of work to help you be a better leader for the future. Welcome to episode three of Foresight, a podcast about making work better, brought to you by Future Forward. My name is Mark Edgar, and as I'm sure you're beginning to realize, I am once again, thankfully, joined by my co-host, Naomi Teitelman. Hey, Naomi. Hi. Hey, everyone. Good to see you. How Good to are see you? you. I'm doing well, thank you. Middle of holiday season, so enjoying some downtime and really appreciating all the holidays have to offer this year. What about yourself? Yeah, it's a nice time of year, isn't it? It was a good opportunity just to escape the craziness of having a fair bit of family around for uh, an hour to catch up with you. So uh, I, I kind of pretended to people that I'd taken the dogs for a walk, whereas in fact, I'm talking to you. No, I didn't really. But yeah, it's nice mm-hmm. just to escape all the craziness. But it's been a good few days as people get ready. Everybody is back in the Edgar household now. So we have a full house of family. So that's nice, which makes the dogs very happy. We haven't actually talked about our dogs yet, Naomi, I'm just realizing. So oh, yeah, we made it through. Chance to yeah. <laughs> introduce them. Yes, we made it through two episodes without mentioning the pups, which is pretty impressive. And for those of you who know me before dog mom years, I would have never been excited to talk about dogs at all, Mark. So you've kind of suckered me into talking about dogs now. So why don't you go first? How are your pups? They're good. They're good. Yeah. So we have two dogs, Tilly and Corey. Tilly's a Bernie's mountain dog who's a bit crazy. She suffers from anxiety, actually. So she's always a good reminder of the importance of well-being in our household. And then Corey, who is a very chill lab. But yeah, they're a lot of fun, but they they do, once they know who's here, particularly Tilly, she does like having everybody around, particularly the girls. So she's had a lot of fun. What about Charlie at your end? That's great. We are going to spend a little bit of time away from Charlie over the holidays, and he turns two during the holidays. So we will be virtually celebrating him. And my son, as I mentioned, I think on a prior episode, turns 13 during the holidays. So he really appreciates celebrating that birthday with, but remotely from Charlie. So Charlie's doing awesome. Charlie's just brought so much joy and love to our family. And I never, ever, ever thought I would say something like that before I we adopted him. So it's true. I've become a dog person or at least a Charlie person, I like to say. And he's he's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. And and remember, remember last year, to change the subject for a second, remember last year at this time how weird things were. So I'll remind us all that remember all Omicron hit and derailed everything we thought was going smoothly? Yeah, literally the kind of the days leading up to the holidays, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing how much things have changed since then. And I mean, in some respects, stayed the same, but lots has changed so much and evolved. And let's just cross our fingers that that doesn't happen again this holiday season. Yeah. It seemed to come as a bit of a surprise last year, didn't it? Which, you know, kind of like another indication of just our own resilience as a human race to keep on getting through these things. So felt like it knocked lots of people down who were making preparations for holidays and getting together. But like always, we seem to be able to in most cases, just jump back up and get on with it. But it ties in quite nicely with what we were planning to talk about today, actually, which was our reflections on the last 12 months, which started, as you say, with a, a bit of a, a curveball when it came to Omicron this time last year. So yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, absolutely. I I personally felt totally, totally blindsided for many, many reasons, but I felt like the year just started off with a little bit of a 
you know, planned acceleration, but then all of a sudden kind of whiplash into a lull and, and confusion. And so I just put myself back at the, in that moment now a year later. And it just feels like it was a very long year in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Lots of change. Well, let's get into it in a second, but let's as always start with a check-in. So tis the season, as they say. So maybe let's start with check-in question I was thinking of this time was just to get a sense from you, Naomi. What's your favorite holiday tradition? Hmm, that's a good one. So I celebrate Hanukkah, and so we're in the middle of Hanukkah right now. And it's going to be the fifth night tonight, if all goes as planned, and we've shared the right episode at the right time with all of our listeners. So my favorite Hanukkah tradition is lighting the candles. So we light the candles every night for eight nights, and we really try every single night to do it. And the kids like it because they often get little presents every night, but also I think are getting to an age where they really appreciate the tradition of it and just having that peaceful moment together as a family. We all stop what we're doing and we light the candles and even throw in a few Hanukkah songs. So I really love that moment of imagining, you know, all Jewish people around the world celebrating with by lighting the candles at that given moment, obviously adjusted for time zones because <laughs> because it's a big world we live in. But but I really, really love that tradition. So yeah, we've been we've been engaging in that tradition the past few nights and we will do for the next few more nights. And then before we know it, we'll be done with a lot of another Hanukkah season for us. What about you, Mark? What's your favorite holiday tradition? It's, yeah, but a bit different. So we would have a number of different things that go on. I think it's necessarily always been a family that's brought big traditions from year to year. So as I was just thinking about this checking question, I think the thing for me, which I always enjoy, because I always end up being a bit controlling about this, is cooking the Christmas dinner, because I will always take that responsibility, much to Sarah's relief, my wife. And yeah, we always have a pretty good spread, as everyone does, but it's a bit of a build-up. I don't know if you have have this in Canada particularly. There's a thing called bread sauce. Do you have bread sauce? I have no idea. There might be a Canadian translation to that word, but I've never heard the word bread sauce before. Not not the first time for me to say something to you and we have this kind of blank look at each other, but <laughs> bread sauce is essentially, as it sounds, it's a sauce that's made out of bread, but it's, oh. fla- it's, so it's milk and bread and it's flavored with onion and spices and things. But yeah, that's something that my mum always used to do or still does. So so I, that's maybe a tradition I bought into it. But yeah, we have a proper spread of Christmas, so that'd be nice. Oh, delicious. Um, I wish I, I wish I could come and indulge in your Christmas dinner. <laughs> I too do not, like Sarah, it sounds, I too do not like the responsibility of cooking big holiday dinners. So I'm happy to delegate that to other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it gets a tiny bit stressful at certain moments, but overall it's, it's good fun. So, so yeah, that'd be getting ready for that in the next couple of days. So don't take it overly seriously, but lots to work through for sure. So that's great. So yeah, let's think about, as we just touched on, our reflections on on 2022. So you, you started by just sharing that you felt the the start to the year was something that you kind of different things going on, but then ended up feeling like a long year. But yeah, tell me more. What, what are your thoughts about 2022, the year that was? Yeah, it's funny, I, but not so funny that, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022 all blend into each other. And characterized by when the kids were in school versus when they were online. And I can't remember what was what in 2022, but I do think they had some online time after the Christmas holidays, if I remember correctly. But it just started out as a bit of a weird start to the year. So Q1 was relatively quiet on my end. And then all of a sudden Q2 hit and it was it was way more inspiring and way more energizing. Lots of 
great work that organizations were 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 grappling with uh, once again with the return to work conundrum and return to office. So it was it was it was really motivating to hear around summertime that that a lot of our HR colleagues were starting to talk about. I'm sure many were before this, but really some of the words that people were using at that time of year were starting to feel more future looking and more strategic looking and more, like I said, energizing and motivating as opposed to, you know, all the stuff that HR professionals have had to take on the past three years that have just kept them really bogged down and and prevented them, quite frankly, from from moving forward and doing the stuff that that we that we do best a lot of the time. So it was an interesting year in that way that it went from kind of really confusing and unknown to then really motivating. And now I'm feeling I'm feeling energized for 2023 and all the possibilities that lay ahead. What about you, yeah. Mark? Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I think it's interesting just the, the lens that you saw that through is probably, as you say, quite reflective of what HR leaders, who are the the people that we spend a lot of time thinking about and working with, were were going through. So it sounds like the beginning of the year they they were still quite distracted with what's going to be the focus for the year, and probably still focused around thinking about changing dates around another return to office period. Because I think lots of people were setting January as a return to office date that got moved for the upteenth time. So yeah, by the end of the first quarter, we're ready to start to think about the way in which their organizations needed to be prepared for the future. So yeah, I can see that. I, I think this uh, the, the word I was thinking about was was almost this re-emergence, this idea that I think in 2022, we've seemed to have spent a lot of time just thinking about what's next and kind of dipping our toe in the water with lots of different ways of working and different ways of doing things, but it doesn't feel as though we've really built significant momentum during the year, both mm. as employees, but also thinking about that as organizations as well. It's been a very much you know, test and learn, let's experiment, let's try some ideas, which I think is an important phase, but has resulted in lots of people reevaluating their relationship with work. We, you know, we, we heard that phenomenon during the year of, of quiet quitting, which I think is certainly something mm. which got a lot of press at the time. You know, we, we wrote lots of articles about it and posted lots of articles about it in Foresight, and it quickly built a lot of momentum with people. And and whilst you know, I, I think there's some differing views around it. I think there is some truth to the fact that people were reevaluating the the relationship they had with work, and and we've got this very tight talent market, which gives people the opportunity to perhaps think about doing some things differently. So I think a lot of that went on in 2022, but. I don't know, there's something strange about it. There didn't seem to be any real definitive action or any definitive outcome of it all. It was all a bit, everyone being a bit kind of intrepid with each other and testing things out and testing and evaluating different situations without any real clear conclusions, which was the bit that I found a bit strange as I reflect back. Yeah, it's a really good point. And I wonder if 2023 is kind of that year of action. And, you know, I guess we didn't know how long we were going to be in this kind of uncertain time. And it's, it certainly hasn't ended. The uncertainty hasn't ended. But, you know, I always said 2020 was the year of getting everyone home and safe. 2021 was getting people to kind of normalize working remotely. 2022 was really the opportunity to optimize the the hybrid working model, but we don't seem to have gotten there yet. I think to your point, some of the starts and stops with, is this the official return to office? Is it not the official return to office? And just being really distracted by all of that, as opposed to, like you said, just trying, testing, learning, iterating, but more with a bent for action as opposed to analysis. I think there's been a lot of analysis, a lot of 
working through scenarios theoretically without actually putting them into practice and giving them a time to normalize. So I really hope that 2023 is the year that we kind of just move on and and test out really in a real meaningful way and let people make mistakes and, you know, iterate and learn and just really with an eye on the prize of just making work better, both for the employee and for the organization. Because like we've said before, there are just so many win-wins that we're not taking advantage of because we're quite frankly, very distracted with all of this analysis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The risk of we don't turn this into a podcast just about hybrid work, but I think it is a a very symbolic way of people thinking about the 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 way in which they can make work better. It's kind of probably the most impactful thing that's relevant to such a wide range of employees that it's an important opportunity for leaders and HR leaders to get right. But you know, I guess I'm curious what what do you think organisations should have done in 2022? I really like the way in which you talked about. 2020 was about keeping people safe. 2021 was about the opportunity to to kind of build new habits around working remotely. What 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 in your mind did 2022 allow for? What were the opportunities there that perhaps we didn't realize? Well, I mean, from a working perspective and new ways of work perspective, I think it is about optimizing what is best suited at home and remotely versus what is best suited in the office and together. And I don't think we're there yet. I think we still use phrases like collaboration is better in person, which isn't necessarily the full story. So I do think there's an opportunity to, again, test test some of these, these assumptions, test some of these hypotheses, and really get back to setting objectives and setting goals and focusing on results as opposed to where people are. I think we're far too distracted by the rhetoric of where people are. And I think if we just focus on the results and we focus on the objectives and we focus on the purpose, then the rest kind of falls into place. So I was hoping to see more of that in 2022, but I certainly think, you know, employees are are really tired of, of talking about it. I think they need to see action and they need to see their later their leaders embracing a new way of working that really focuses on the work and on the results and not on you know, how many hours I've clocked in at a time, which, by the way, requires a ton of policing and a ton of processes to be put into place. And is that really worth it? Or should we be focusing on the outcomes, the objectives, the the, the bigger picture, the sustainability of our businesses, and the rest just kind of falls into place? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because it, it felt like there was the opportunity to be a bit more definitive, to set some fair expectations. It struck me it sure if you would agree, but it struck me that a lot of organizations were quite wary of doing that because there was this really tight light labor market. So that a lot of the the, the the reason that organizations were cautious of setting clear expectation was because they were worried that everyone was going to then vote with their feet and then leave. Is that something that you saw? Do you think is that was that a reality that ever happened or just one of those myths that sometimes we throw around is in in the in the, I don't know, kind of the world at the moment, particularly when there's so much social media and some of these terminologies kick around so much? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I don't I don't have the full picture, but we do know some high profile stories like at Apple and other companies where people, you know, pretty high profile people did vote for the, with their feet because they just didn't want to be told where and when to work. They just didn't feel like that was the best way for them to get their work done. You know, I think as HR professionals, we've been talking in these terms for many years. We've been talking about flexibility. We need to provide more flexibility or people will leave. And I always wonder what's that tipping point? Like who needs to leave your organization and or how many people need to leave in order 
for the executive team, the CEO, to actually take this seriously and actually believe in their heart that there are better ways of working. So I think it's a bit of a combination, but I think looking at the entire employee value proposition is really critical. And I always say, you know, if you're not the top payer, then you need to figure out what your employee value proposition is. And right now, that includes some degree of flexibility. So why are people going to work for you versus another company? You know, there are very few companies that say, because we pay top dollar and people enjoy that, right? And are motivated by that. So... So yeah, I think it's a combination, but I do think there's this tipping point at which it might be too late and people start taking things seriously, right? Like there's just too much attrition or too many key roles have been left vacant or, you know, just way too much turnover that leads to distraction. But I wonder what that tipping point is. And I'm sure it varies from organization to organization. Yeah, but but it sounds like if, if, and I know it's a big if and it's easy, easy in some ways for us to say, but if organizations perhaps were a bit more definitive in what their expectations were, then 2022 wouldn't necessarily have felt so much of a year where we were treading water in some respects. Maybe we could have a bit more action, a bit more momentum as we go into 2023. But you know, at the same time, I think we've learned a lot during the year. I think organizations have learned a lot during the year and perhaps now feel more confident going into 2023 with setting a bit more clarity around what being a great place to work really looks like. So yeah, we can see some positives that we can turn around for next year. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's all part of a process. So it's easy to say now that we got too distracted. We've been focusing, you know, on on ways of working too much. But in reality, I think we did need some of that in order to get to the right place. I, uh, like like we always say, you need some iterating and learning. But now it's time to just move on and and you know just just make a call and you know let people do their work and focus on kind of the 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 bigger picture i think a little bit more how do you think you know all these layoffs at tech companies how do you think that will that will factor in if at all yeah to the I think it's, well i think that a couple of ways perhaps i just see them as being so high profile in terms of the the amount of press that they've had and you know particularly with all the shenanigans at twitter and the way that that's been managed i think that that is going to have an impact in a couple of areas. One thing I was thinking about the other day, because it feels like Musk has approached that in such a such an aggressive, bold, action-orientated way, and I'm not condoning it at all, but I, I wonder if there's CEOs who similarly perhaps have a fairly macho style of management who are thinking, maybe a little, looking at that a little bit enviously and wondering whether they perhaps could or should be leading in the same way, which I'd be concerned about if that happens. So it's almost like the whether leaders role model that bad behavior, hmm. which I, I think would be a concern. So that's something that that I was reflecting on recently. Yeah, it's a great reflection. Hopefully not. Hopefully this didn't this doesn't bring back a way of leader a, a way of leading that is actually exactly opposite to what we we are espousing, which is human-centered leadership. I mean, the way Musk handled those layoffs was anything but. So, hopefully that doesn't empower others or 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 give them a sense of empowerment to behave in the same way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, similarly hopeful that it that it doesn't, but it, it's just for every reason I thought that crossed my mind. And, and the other demographic I was thinking about was thinking about the younger talent who are looking at what's going on there again and just kind of, again, reading that on their social media feed or, or seeing that on more likely on TikTok, I imagine, these days and just how it impacts their thoughts about work and does that impact their 
the choices they're making about not only the sector that they go into potentially, but also the the type of work that they want to do. And we've seen lots of people be attracted moving into technology, but perhaps thinking about whether that is the right option. I, I had a strange interaction, a nice interaction with a, a couple on a plane recently when I was coming back from the UK, a young couple. And, and they'd both left university, they'd done a couple of years work, both working remotely 100% and had got quite disillusioned with that type of work and had decided they're actually from the UK and they were coming to Canada to work as ski lift people for six months and then just see how their life evolved from there. But, it, you know, sample of two here, but I thought it was interesting that they've taken a pretty big risk, you know, moving away from jobs early in their career to really take the time to to reevaluate what they want to do moving forward. And it, again, it just makes me wonder whether similarly others will start to think about that in a different way because they've they're losing some confidence in the way in which some of these bad examples get showcased and i don't see enough positive examples of really great leadership we don't see see them getting the same number of headlines so much these days yeah it's a good point and at some point we all need to you know we we all need to afford our lives so i i think there is a bit of a reevaluation of what do I actually need for life? And what I worry about is, you know, too much time away from, you know, training and development programs that you get from organizations, et cetera. Is it too late by the time you realize, oh, I actually need this in order to have the lifestyle that I want? I think there's a lot of marketing out there. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors and people, you know, pretend not pretending, but kind of showing on their face on social media as being very successful. And I think it's a big watch out that at the end of the day, if you have a certain lifestyle that you want to lead and and or want to set yourself up for a healthy retirement and all that good stuff, unfortunately or fortunately, <laughs> the way to do that is to earn is to earn money over time, right? So I'm kind of worried about about that piece because there's a lot of people on social media that you think are so successful. And I wonder, you know, I wonder how many really are, right? Just like if you look at actors or athletes or, you know, other other professions that, you know, it's a very small number that actually is successful and is able to live the lifestyle they want to and more based on the way they work. So yeah, I yeah. worry about that a bit. Yeah, you see the top whatever 0.01% of people or whatever, but it's, yeah, everybody else. Yeah. yeah. No. And I don't I don't want to say that that our kids generation have to work the same way we do because I don't believe that. I think that the world has evolved and I think, you know, we can take so much more advantage of technology. I mean, even you and I and the, what the paths that we've chosen, obviously a little bit later in our career than, you know, year 2, but you know, this wouldn't have been possible without the technology that we have at our fingertips right now, right? And all the tools that we have to use, you could really successfully hang up a shingle and and start a business, but you have to have enough foundation and enough enough skill building over time, I believe, in order to actually, you know, be successful and be able to you know, pivot when you need to and all that stuff. So I worry that I worry a bit, even though I don't think the work ethic needs to look the same as ours growing up. I do. I do worry a bit about work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's going to be interesting how that, how that all shapes out for sure, which is probably a good segue for us to think about next week's episode where I was going to suggest we rather flip from talking about our reflections on 2022. Next week, we can start to think about what are our hopes and expectations for 2023. So I'm sure we'll get mm. that in a bit more detail. So yeah, that sounds like fun. Let's do it.
So some good insights there as we think about 2022. It feels like it's a, a year of re-evaluation opportunity for people to to kind of try some stuff out. But it looks like as we're getting into 2023, perhaps that will start to shift into action. So hopefully there's some good takeaways for our listeners there. If anybody has any thoughts on anything we talked about, do feel free to get in touch. Great. Okay, so here we are. I'm sure this will quite be the last episode of the year, actually, but as we start to think about this podcast and coming to the end of this particular episode, we should do a feel-good, Naomi, as we do in our newsletter. So do you have a feel-good to hand? I'm feeling good about some time in the sun. That is my feel-good today. So it's been a while since I've seen Mr. Sunshine or Miss Sunshine, and so I'm really feeling good about that sunshine on my back. What about you, Mark? That holiday's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Because you, that's, <laughs> it was subject to COVID for a couple of times. So uh, yes. yeah, it's great that you're able to at least get to that point. I, I feel good was a bit broader this time. I'm thinking more about, as we just touched on in the episode today, thinking about what opportunities there are for 2023. I think as an HR community that's come through quite a challenging year again, but I think perhaps has started to get some opportunity to plan a bit further ahead as a community, having spent two and a half years really head down in very operational roles, hopeful about the opportunities that creates for the community to to make work even better and excited about the work that we're going to do to help to build that community with them. So, so yeah, that was my feel good for 2023. I love that. I'm way deeper than mine, but I'm just really loving the sunshine right now. But I'm equally excited about all the opportunities for next year. So as you said, I don't think this is our last, last episode of the year, but it will be shortly and we're excited for what's to come for next year. Yeah, it'd be interesting to think where people are actually listening to this podcast. Maybe they're getting a bit of a break from all the family fun and going off for a walk and listening to this podcast, or maybe they're traveling to see some family. So whatever you're doing over this holiday period, please do do it safely and hope you're all having a good relaxing time and probably time for us to sign off, Naomi. You've probably got things to do this busy time of year. So thanks everybody for listening. Quick reminder to please sign up for our newsletter foresight. You'll see the link in the website and we look forward to speaking to everybody next week. Take care. Happy holidays, everyone, and happy new year. Thanks for listening to Foresight. If you enjoyed the episode, we would love to hear from you. Leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your ratings and reviews also help more people like you find our show so that we can reach more future forward leaders and achieve our mission of making work better. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Future Forward and sign up for our weekly newsletter, Foresight, on our website, futureforward.com. That's F-U-T-U-R-E-F-O-H-R-W-A-R-D.com where we share even more about the new world of work. Talk to you next week.